0: is sooner than you think the coming of Jesus Christ is sooner than what you think now many of you that are going to hear this word that are here you have family that are not saved. it didn't take a word of knowledge to figure that out we know that we're praying for the salvation of our homes and of our families and moment ago for you that have just joined us by radio or television I asked the people here in the church today that have gathered how many have family that they're not sure if Jesus were to come this very day that that family member would be ready to meet the Lord and scores of people have stood and have even come forward to stand in the gap for their family members that's why you're here There is a faith that comes from whatever word that you hear out of this Bible. If we preach the healing word, there's a faith for healing that comes. If you preach the word on receiving the mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit, there is a faith that comes to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you preach on the faith of God and you preach the word that renews people's mind concerning giving and prosperity and God's will to bless us, there's a faith that comes to receive that prosperity, that blessing that God has promised. And so it is if you preach on the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a faith that is released that prepares the heart's of the people to be ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord gave me this word early this morning that the coming of Jesus Christ is sooner than what we think. And in Matthew 24, I want to read to you the words of Jesus Christ himself. And beginning to read in the 24th chapter uh, of Matthew's gospel, Jesus had uh, taken his disciples and gone to show the buildings of the temple. And when Jesus saw the buildings of the temple, in verse 2, he said, See not all these things, verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And so Jesus begins to, te- to teach and to tell his disciples the answers to these three questions. Now we know that in 70 A.D. that Titus, a Roman general, swept into the Holy Land and they began to uh, 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 put under the control of Rome the rebel uh, uh, element that had ri- uh, risen up against Rome there in the Holy Land and the famous battle of Masada uh, where the last of the remnant they 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 went to that mountain fortress and held off the forces of Rome but when Titus invaded the Holy Land he burned the city of Jerusalem Jerusalem has come under an attack in history over 26 times Invaders have destroyed that city, have ruined it and have ransacked it. Jerusalem is perhaps the most destroyed and rebuilt city on the face of the earth. We know it's because it sits as a testimony of God's faithfulness. And if there's anything the devil hates, he hates the fact that people are going to find out about the faithfulness of God. Where and how and why is God faithful? God is faithful. Why? Because He is God. How is He faithful? In a multitude of ways. He wakes us up in the morning. He gives us strength for our journey. He helps us in times of trouble. He said He'd never leave us and He'd never forsake us. If you believe that, so say amen with me and he is even now a faithful God when you cannot see the answer to the thing you're believing for one thing you can mark it down in your book and that is God's gonna come through he may not come when you want him but he's always right on time hallelujah he promised that he never leave us nor forsake us can you say amen and so there's a faith that comes when we understand the faithfulness of God God is a faithful God. Then I want you to notice with me that as Titus comes in, he was burning Jerusalem and when he burnt Jerusalem, the golden utensils of worship that were in the temple that Jesus referred to in Matthew 24, the intense heat of the fire in the city melted the gold and the gold ran down through the cracks of the stones of that temple, you'll remember the Bible says when the temple was constructed, there was not the sound of a hammer, but rather it was stone laid upon stone, without mortar, without any uh, source uh, 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 of uh, of building material other than the hewn stones and the timbers out of the cedars of Lebanon. The temple of God was constructed, and history tells us Josephus Flavius, in his book of the history of the Middle East he said that when the soldiers saw the gold glistening between the crevices of the stone that they took and they turned every stone over and scraped the gold between the stones and took it as their reward or spoil in the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD thus fulfilling the first thing that Jesus said would happen that there would not be one stone left upon another that would not be thrown down The words of Jesus came to pass exactly and specifically just like the Bible recorded that it would. Secondly, the Bible says that that Jesus said to his disciples that he taught them concerning the sign of his coming. And so I want to focus today on this second question, the sign of Jesus' coming. It's sooner than you think. If you have your Bible, look with me again in Matthew 24. The Bible tells us in the fifth verse, for many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. You remember this Heaven's Gate cult, this leader of the cult. I believe he called himself Doe, but his real name was Marshall Applewhite. He declared that he was the only man that had truth. He represented himself as a false Christ. And he led scores of his followers into a suicidal death because they did not remember what the Bible said and that was that there would be many false Christs. But let me tell you something today. There are are so many of our friends and family, they they wouldn't be taken in by a false Christ. They're not not, uh, uh, being deceived by a false Christ, but they're still not serving the real Christ. And so we have to focus our faith on how to release the anointing of the true Christ in our home and on the job and to everyone we meet. I'm not talking about walking through, uh, you know, our life talking in tongues with our nose stuck so far in the air that if it rained, we'd drown. I'm not talking about a false religious uh, uh, posture or position. I'm talking about how to become so full of Jesus like a sponge full of water, if somebody squeezed you, you'd ooze out the life of Christ. I mean, you'd just be so full of Christ that everything you said, everything you did, every place you go would have the anointing of Jesus in it. I believe we can be like that. I believe God would anoint us like that.
1: I want to thank every one of you that are listening to Faith Alive Radio Network. I'm excited about this, and I am looking for people to stand with us on a monthly basis as partners to help us take the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. I've used this saying for many years, our cause is Christ, our compassion is for souls, and our commitment is to the world. And no matter what nation of the world that you're listening to this Faith Alive Network, whatever nation you're in, you are a part of God's end time plan. Jesus taught us to go out into the highways and hedges and to compel people to come in. And by your support as a partner, you can help us do this. If you'll go to www.tedshuttlesworth.com forward slash give, you can sow a gift today to
0: help us.